It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, ma. Anything's possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway, a Kyrie when he make a trade, and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got a repeat. So in depth they might do an hour about the D League. So in depth you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, I want to thank you for making this part of your regular routine, whatever it is that you're doing, wherever you are going. Thanks for popping us on and listening to the podcast on a regular basis. Very much appreciate that. We are the Rain of Jays. I am John Corrales here alone for the Wednesday podcast. If you are new to the show, you can find my work at boston.com, redsarmy.com, all over twitter.com because I'm all over twitter.com, at redsarmy underscore John. Today, I will be discussing a little bit of what Mike Gorman said about Kyrie. Terry Rozier was making a little bit of a media run on Tuesday. He was on Get Up. I'll let you hear some of what he said there. And then I was on the radio in Bangor, Maine. I will play my hit for you and talk a little bit about what was said on there. A little Marcus Smart. Terry Rozier stuff going on, plus some NBA final stuff. Let's start with Kyrie Irving. Uh, Mike Gorman was on a podcast yesterday talking about Kyrie and saying that uh, the quote is, I think Kyrie's record over the course of his career would tell you that injuries have been a problem. I think you have to be smart here and look at what the facts are and understand that they may be a problem going forward too. And I will take a moment to say, first of all, I love Mike Gorman, but I'm going to disagree a little bit with Mike Gorman. Now, I don't think Kyrie Irving is injury prone. I don't think he has that injury history. He fractured a kneecap a couple years ago in the finals and then had it surgically repaired and then had the injury. I wouldn't even say an injury this year. It wasn't an injury. The hardware that was in his knee was bothering him, and it had to come out. And that's what was happening. That's why he missed games. The irritation caused by the hardware in his knee caused him to miss games. It wasn't a chronic knee injury. It wasn't a chronic knee structural problem. It was hardware that was put in place to reconstruct his fractured patella put things back together, and hold them in place. Kyrie then had the hardware removed because that was causing a a continued problem, and he missed, obviously, the end of the season and the full playoff run. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm being naive. That does not indicate a history of injury to me. That indicates one thing that kind of was prolonged and now seems to be fixed. So when it comes to looking at Kyrie moving forward, I don't think the injuries are going to be what derails Kyrie's time in Boston. There have been a lot of people talking about 
trading Kyrie and trading Gordon Hayward because of the run that the Celtics made. We've discussed that on this podcast a few times. It's silly to, I think, put any credence into that. However, there is the the asterisk that Danny Ainge is Danny Ainge. And is anybody really untouchable in Danny Ainge's world? Probably not. Is Kyrie Irving untouchable in Danny Ainge's world? Probably not. But what kind of deal would you have to make to get Kyrie Irving from the Celtics? That to be a pretty damn good one. And how do you upgrade from Kyrie? Well, maybe you upgrade from Kyrie to one of the top five players in the league if one of those guys became available. But even then, it would have to be an interesting it would be an interesting deal regardless. And so the point of all of this is to kind of dispute, I think, a little bit of what Mike Gorman was saying. In that I don't feel like the assessment of Kyrie moving forward is necessarily his knee or any sort of injury history. If Danny Ainge is truly considering who may be untouchable and ranking, if I were to trade Kyrie Irving, what type of player would it be? Well, it would have to be a megastar type of player, one that would continue to improve the team beyond how good they're supposed to be next year. And it's not because Kyrie's injury prone in quotes, I would say it's because, if anything, you're trying to reshape the team into uh, something that can fit the NBA moving forward, and maybe you're looking for a little bit of a defensive upgrade, and you can find a way to make your team better offensively without losing uh, what Kyrie would give you. That all being said, it's almost impossible to find a deal like that at this time, and so I think the four minutes that I've spent talking about it is about as much time as you can spend talking about it. So uh, it's interesting that it's come up. I think the bottom line here is nobody's untouchable. Nobody's untouchable. As long as the deal that comes along makes the team significantly better. So we saw that last year with Isaiah Thomas, as popular as he was, there was nobody in Celtics history that was more popular in that moment at the end of his time in Boston, then Isaiah Thomas, he's supremely popular. I mean, at least at, at or near a level of Larry Bird and Paul Pierce. I mean, the, the city embraced him intensely and he got traded. So there's proof that anybody can go at any time. But I would say that for Kyrie, it's certainly not his injury history that would trigger any sort of shopping around and I certainly do not expect anything like that to happen but I suppose this is where you enter the shrug emoji and say you never know you never know but that aside you know shout out to Mike Gorman you know always appreciate his comments love the guy I mean he's been great when he's come on our show so uh, you have to respect his opinion okay Terry Rozier was on get up making the rounds and uh, he said some interesting things, talking about his, uh, I guess, increased profile, let's say. So let's hear, uh, he was asked uh, a couple of questions, listen to about a minute and a half of this. It's from Get Up on ESPN. You can watch them every morning. It's their show with uh, Mike Greenberg and 
Michelle Beadle and Jalen Rose and whatever rotating cast of characters they have coming in. But here's Rozier talking a little bit about his increased profile and and feeling g- good enough, feeling like he belongs uh, in, in uh, a starting role or an increased role in the NBA. What was it like to be a breakout performer and now people view you different? Fans, media, your teammates. When you go from being a backup to Kyrie Irving, then all of a sudden you take over for him. The first game you start, you have a triple-double. Now we have a nickname for you in Scary Terry. Drew Bledsoe has a line for a line of wine for you and things of that <laughs> nature. So what was it like to be a breakout performer and this newfound stardom because of your play? Uh, obviously, it was great. Man. It was great. Um, it didn't hit me until obviously after the season. Uh, you know, you're just living in the moment. Uh, coach always says, "Never get too high, never get too low." So I, you know, I try to I try to live by that. Yeah. You know, it was just a, just a lot of fun, you know. Made it to the uh, top four team, so obviously everybody is watching the games and, and they know, you know, who, who, who we are. So, uh, you know, I just want to build off of that. Uh, this summer is important for me, and obviously getting the recognition is, is, is just a start. T.R., was there – I know for every player, when you get into the league, there's that defining moment where you realize, yo, I belong here. I not only belong here, I, I'm, I can be great here. When did that moment, who did it come against? How did that happen for you? Uh, you know, well, I always had a chip on my shoulder. I'm always, it's going to always remain. Uh, you know, I always tell myself every day, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just as good as, you know, anybody. And, uh, but, you know, when Kyrie went down and I was in the gym shooting, it was just me and Coach. Coach had walked in and, you know, he's, he, he gave me that same message. You're just as good as anybody. And I, I, he, he believed that. I strongly believe that. And, uh, you know, just took off from there. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Here we go! John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA Network of Podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA Podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet, wherever you get your podcasts. I love that little anecdote there about shooting and Coach Stevens walks in and basically telling him, you're as good as anybody. When we talk about coaching, uh, those are the little moments that 
kind of help a player believe in himself. Now, Rozier says flat out, I always had a chip on my shoulder. He always says he's got that confidence, but you can say that. You still have like some level of nerves, some level of here we go, this is my time. And to have your coach come in and basically reinforce that and say, yeah, you're as good as anybody. That's that's an opportunity to really understand the dynamic and part of what Brad Stevens and the players kind of go through together. There's been a lot of talk about Brad Stevens getting a lot of the credit and the players, should they be getting more credit? This is an opportunity to show how equal everything is. And it's not just one. It's not just the other. It's both. It's not just Brad Stevens drawing up ATOs and guys just magically happen. Guys have to execute these out-of-timeout plays. It's not just guys coming in and playing really, really well. It's you have to have encouragement by the coach. And I know it might sound a little silly to say just encouragement by the coach, but for some players – being in that moment and seeing your star point guard go down and realizing, so shit, here we go. And making your first NBA start. Now, I don't care who you are. Your first NBA start is a big deal. For all of the time that he's spent in the league, this being his third year in the, in the league, for him to finally get an NBA start, that's huge. And to have the coach come in and give him that kind of little moment of, you're just as good as anybody. And I'm sure it wasn't just him walking in, saying those words and walking out. It was a conversation that they had while he's out there shooting, some encouragement while he's getting that extra work. Whatever that private conversation was, it, it's important. I mean, he brought it up. That's how important it was. Didn't have to mention it in that situation. So important stuff there. I think just that little insight where the players get the credit. Terry Rozier gets the credit for doing all of the things that he did to to raise his profile, to become viewed as a starting caliber guard in the NBA, and to see the influence that Brad Stevens has in simple little moments. I mean, he brought up the other moment where – he says, Coach always says, don't don't get too high, don't get too low. And you can hear that, by the way, on their YouTube. We posted it on RedsArmy.com on the Tuesday morning dump. So if you haven't seen his whole hit, go check that out. Go to the Get Up YouTube page. Make sure you go check them out and, and get the whole context, the whole interview. But uh, you can he mentions it a couple of times when you're when you're in that situation to mention mention the coach uh, a couple of times the influence you can see it you can see it on a guy like Terry Rozier so uh, that's all to say that he this entire team dynamic is just it's it's everybody in it equally so go check that out again if you haven't seen the whole video we posted a YouTube clip on RedsArmy.com also on RedsArmy.com in that same post you can see Terry Rozier talking about how he guards Steph Curry and, and some of the concepts behind that. So it's it's an interesting little breakdown of him on there. 
Terry Rozier was out and about in New York City Tuesday, eating pizza on Barstool, doing these things on ESPN. So uh, the the day of Terry Rozier, Tito doing his thing in New York City. Also today, Tuesday, as I record this on Tuesday, I was on the Pulse with Rich Kimball, my weekly Tuesday hit. Uh, check me out on Twitter again, Reds Army underscore John. Every Tuesday, I'll tweet out the link and just let you know that I'm on. Today, I was there talking about the NBA Finals, a uh, little mention of Isaiah Thomas, and then some talk about Marcus Smart free agency impacting Terry Rozier, like we just talked about. So here's that. We are back on downtown on a Tuesday afternoon. Time to talk some basketball as we get on board the GNM family market phone line and welcome in John Corrales of RedsArmy.com and the Locked On Celtics podcast. Uh, well, two games in, are the finals over, John? Uh, pretty much. This isn't the Celtics out there. So <laughs> <laughs> the Cavs are going to have a little bit harder time coming all the way back from that. Although I do expect them to at least have a chance to win game three. I think that uh, those guys that haven't been producing on the road will have better home games. Maybe they'll get something productive out of George Hill. Maybe they'll get something productive out of Jeff Green. And I expect the uh, Warriors to kind of have like a sloppy start to the game. I just kind of feel that they don't have that uh, intense level of respect for the entire Cavs team. So, it might be a little bit sloppy to start, and maybe the Cavs could take advantage of that. But for them to beat the Warriors four out of the next five times, no, I don't think so. Could this whole series have gone a different way if they had been able to hang on and win game one? Uh, you know, it, it could have. It could have. Stealing one on the road really changes the dynamic of a series. But reality is that that was a, a – yes, it was a missed opportunity, but it's not something that – the Cavs are, are doing or, or not doing. They're just not good enough. And the Warriors, when they are at their best, just way too much for the uh, the Cavs to handle. They, you know, compare it to that Celtics series. And one of the things that really bugged me about that series was that they weren't moving the ball with Celtics, and they weren't forcing that Cavs defense to make the decisions that the Warriors are face, uh, are making them make. Now, of course, the Warriors, when they force the Cavs to make decisions, are finding Klay Thompson and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, and the Celtics don't have that. But at the same time, you can see that when the, the Cavaliers are forced to kind of react and switch all the time, you see guys just not getting all the way back, not, not making proper rotations, kind of going with their own guys and forgetting to switch sometimes, and that leads to wide-open buckets. So the Celtics didn't take advantage of that. The Warriors are. And they're just way, way, way too good. Interesting comments from old friend Isaiah Thomas, who just does things to make me love him more, even though he's gone. It's like that old girlfriend you can never really get over. <laughs> the old high school crush. Yeah. No, I'm only kidding. The, uh, yeah, the, you're talking about the uh, Isaiah Thomas versus Isaiah Thomas thing. <laughs> yes. That was, that was a lot of fun because for people who didn't see, it was a late night, like Jimmy Kimmel thing, Isaiah Thomas versus the old Isaiah Thomas. Uh, and and our Isaiah just kept losing, and he said, "I'm going to get swept just like the Cavs." <laughs> but that's he is not afraid. He is not afraid to be petty, and that was last year's team was lovable in that they were all very very willing 
to be very petty and to do all to just pick fights. And so it's very different kind of lovability from this past year's Celtics team, which was just a bunch of young overachievers. But I do kind of get that feeling swelling back like, ah, I miss those pot shots, that chip on the shoulder type of pot shot that they always used to take. We're talking with John Corrales here on Downtown, watching LeBron's body language uh, during the Celtics series and so far in the finals. It sure seems like he would like to go somewhere else. What do you think his future uh, holds? Will he stay in Cleveland? Uh, you know, that everybody's talking as if he's gone. And I can certainly see that when you look at that situation, it's going to be hard for him to... Ha- it's going to be hard for, for people to hold that same level of animosity against him because that Cavs team is, is constructed in a way it's hard to improve that team. It's hard to make another trade to bring guys in that can improve that team. Now, of course, a lot of people will say, well, that's LeBron's fault. But he kind of, I've seen it characterized as he kind of went on like a mini strike in January, just kind of stopped playing and forced the Cavs to make some sort of deal to kind of re-energize the team, and they did. So this is definitely his doing to some degree. But it is what it is, and the only hope that they have is convincing him that somehow an offseason, and I'm trying to say this with a straight face, that Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson can kind of have a summer to assimilate and, and figure out how to play around him. <laughs> Obviously, that's not going to be the case. It's not going to, it's not going to work. Uh, the, the question for LeBron is, is he going to take the money and stick around and hope that somewhere around the, the trade deadline or next summer something can happen? Or is he going to try to find another situation? He's still going to run up against the Warriors one way or the other. Uh, so if I had to put the money down, I'd say he was gone. But there's, there's still a little bit of me that says that it's not totally guaranteed. I'm going to say it's like 65% to 35% that he's gone. Let's talk about the Celtics uh, in regards to that uh, similar situation. Is Marcus Smart the guy? Is he the domino that uh, starts all of them falling one way or the other? Yeah, uh, definitely. If the Celtics can come to an agreement with Marcus Smart early, then you have a much better picture of how things are going to go. If they give him a long-term deal, four or five years, something like that, then you can expect Terry Rozier to be shopped and depending on what the money is, maybe even Marcus Morris, just to kind of get underneath the tax line. Who knows what's going to happen there? Maybe not. Maybe they don't. Maybe they pay the the luxury tax this year. It all just kind of depends on whether they think this is the year to actually go full bore, pay whatever it takes to be a contender, or can they be the contender while pushing off that luxury tax one more year? Which, hey, if you're a multi-millionaire, billionaire type of owner – you don't want to waste your money, so we'll see how that financial uh, situation plays into everything. If they pay, if, if they let Marcus Smart sign his uh, qualifying offer or if he signs a shorter-term deal uh, or if they let him just go into free agency and kind of take his offers, then you can see they'll, they'll take that wait-and-see approach. They'll try to keep Rozier. I, I know that they want to keep both. It's been reported today, Gary Washburn in the Globe, reported that they want to keep both. Obviously, they'd be, they're both really good players. So, But if they give them that shorter-term deal or let them kind of go off, then you can see that they are more willing to let him go and they have a plan B in place that, hey, we'll, we'll go with another year of Terry Rozier. We'll see what the fourth year of Terry Rozier brings us. 
and then we can play the free, restricted free agent game with, with him next summer. So they have options. We'll see how it goes with him, and we'll see if the LeBron free agency, Paul George free agency, the Chris Paul free agency, all of those things play a role in, in everything and, and postpone what Marcus Smart's going to get. So it could be a long time before we even figure this all out. That, that's good for us. That means we can talk about it more next week. Hey, I'm all in. I like the sound of that. John, thanks as always. We'll catch you again next Tuesday afternoon. You got it. Just want to be clear about what I was talking about with Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier. And I think if they commit long-term to Marcus Smart, that it's going to be tough for them to hold on to Rozier next summer as well because the team gets super, super expensive, and you're not going to need those three guards uh I mean, if they want to pay for him, they can, but there's not going to be a lot of playing time. And I'm sure Terry Rozier is going to want to go and and earn his money and and get a lot of playing time. It's it's great to earn a contract, but it's it's also great to play 30 minutes a game, and I'm sure he's going to want to do that. So if they commit to Marcus Smart for four years or five years, then that – pretty much signals the end of Terry Rozier's time in Boston one way or another, maybe not necessarily next season, but after that. If they do a short-term thing, if they say that two-year deal that I've been harping on, or if they let him kind of sign that qualifying offer, then you have a sense that they're willing to kind of move on from Marcus Smart at some point and give the the reins, at least the backup reins to Terry Rozier, and we'll we'll see how that goes moving forward, but uh, well, whatever Marcus Smart does, does kind of also signal what will happen with Terry Rozier. So we'll have to watch for that. And like I said, who knows? Who knows when that could happen? They could negotiate something immediately with Marcus Smart and kind of get that out of the way. Or if Marcus Smart and his agent want to go test things, then they can be free to go test things. Danny Ainge could sit there and say, look, the most we can give you is two years, $22 million, and that will be there for as long as you want to go into free agency because we're not doing anything else until then. And they can say, go ahead. You want to go shop around? By all means. And I think out of respect for the player, I can see a, a front office doing that. We all have this thing in our mind that it's going to be you know, hard nose, take it or leave it, or else we're going to play hardball. Like, no. I'm sure Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge comes at it from a player's perspective too. He knows you got to go get your money. And I've said that a million times in this podcast. You got to go get your money. So if you have a deal, if you sit there and you say, look, we'll give you those two years, 22 million. I just, that's a number I'm throwing out. We're not in any rush. We're, we'll, we'll see what happens with, we're good with this. We can sit there and if, if something changes, we'll let you know. But it's kind of sitting here. You want to go test your market? Go test your market. And we'll go from there. It would be, unless Marcus Smart directs his agent to take that deal, the agent can simply say, okay, if the, look, Marcus, this is the deal that they have on the table. They know that we're going to go shop around. We'll see what we can get. We'll see what you're willing to do. If you can go get $15 million a year for three or four years from some team, you got to go check that out. You got to look at that opportunity because who knows what happens in two years? The way Marcus Smart plays, who knows what he might do to himself? 
You know, so if he goes out and breaks a thumb and can never hold the ball again after to have an extra co- uh, guaranteed two years, that's a big deal. So his agent will go shop, and that doesn't necessarily indicate anything is good or bad. You just say, all right, go check it out. What does Sacramento have? What money does Orlando have? What do the Chicago Bulls have? Who knows? And if they come up with a deal and they say, oh, it's a little richer than we, th- we thought, the Celtics can decide whether they want to match it or not. But from there, at least you have the respect. And a respect from the agent to say, you know, look, we'll work with you, do your thing. So when you come back and you either take the deal or not take the deal, at least the agent has a respect for the front office. So when his next player comes around, you can have good faith negotiations. And respect from the player to say, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna squeeze you. We understand finances. We'll we'll have to do what's best for us, but we're not going to be total pricks. You want to go shop around? Go shop around. And then if you come back with the deal, great. No hard feelings. That that's a respect to understand the business side of this. So I, I'm sure that the Celtics will operate in that manner because that's that's just good business. It's good business. And then Marcus Smart leaves, and who knows? Maybe Marcus Smart comes back someday. But at least when Marcus Smart talks to his teammates and they say, hey, how is Boston? He can say, well, you know, Danny Ainge might trade you at the drop of a hat, but he's not a prick. So that's that goes that, – it's worth something. So thanks for listening. If you uh, – I talked a little bit of the finals there. If you want a full NBA finals preview, we just recorded one on the Locked On NBA podcast. Me and Jake Madison – have the Wednesday Locked On NBA podcast. Wednesday night is Game 3, and we went through offensively, defensively, what the Warriors and the Cavaliers have to do. We also talked a lot about Colangelo because Wednesday is supposed to be kind of the day they decide on Colangelo. So we have that whole discussion on the Locked On NBA podcast. Go subscribe to that. If you are not a subscriber to this show, Welcome aboard. Go ahead and subscribe. Go click that subscribe button. Search for Locked On Celtics wherever you find your podcast. We are everywhere. If you are a subscriber, we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Enough to give us a five-star rating and a good review. And to share the podcast, tell all of your friends they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.